Okay. Um, hi, I'm Bryce. Hi, and I'm Will. And this is Side Quests, a podcast where we talk about video games, other kinds of games, learning, and off-topic stuff. Anything else? No, I think that sums it up. Well, conveniently, off-topic stuff sums it up pretty well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> there's there's two kinds of stuff in the world. <laughs> stuff you planned on talking about and stuff you didn't plan on talking about. I like it. Um, uh, this time, I wanted to start out with uh, a little bit about learning, because we were talking about it before we were recording, and then it just seemed like a good thing to talk about on a podcast. Um, and mostly what had happened was just now, um, or recently I got a new computer. Uh, the new computer is not compatible with the old recording software that we've been using. Uh, so we've both been using audacity to do the actual recording, not necessarily to do the editing, um, of these podcasts. Uh, but on oh, the newest Mac OS, uh, it doesn't support Audacity. So I had to switch to using Adobe Audition, and I had no idea how to actually record straight into Adobe Audition. I'd always recorded somewhere else and brought the audio file into here, and I was like, this has got to be easy. I should just be able to do it. There's probably going to be a record button somewhere that you can click on. And it turns out there's more than one record button, and it doesn't really make sense to... In, it's not the intuitive things that you want to be able to do don't work immediately um so then we were in our video call trying to figure out what was going on uh you know I was, I was working on this and we were just doing a regular old yammer without inviting everybody else in <laughs> right which is um incidentally the least efficient way to you know learn something fast or skim a document Right. Um, and so I was reading the, some documents eventually because just clicking things wasn't helping. Um, and then I was skimming documents um, and still not figuring it out. And I was like, no, I'm doing what it says. Um, so then I think relatively wisely, I decided to leave the Hangout and read the document without also trying to carry on a conversation at the same time. And then like three minutes later, I knew how to record <laughs> Right, and and so when you're trying to figure this stuff out, like, I don't know, it, it's a little bit like when you're learning the board game at the table with all your friends, right? Like, you uh -huh. you want to know the rules, but you want to have the conversation, so you want to be able to skim the rules mm -hmm. effectively and still participate in the conversation, and you want that so much that you're going to try it. Yeah, that, that happened, um, I, I think, in the last podcast we talked a little bit about terraforming mars uh and we had this experience where there were four people who had read one half of the rule book or like two people who had read half of the rule book and then we were trying to all have a conversation and learn the rest of the rules and so at some point i found a youtube tutorial where somebody just taught you how to play the game put my headphones in and ignored the conversation and then i knew all the rules at the end right. of that well and crucially, presumably, this YouTube tutorial contained all of the rules, mm -hmm. including the ones you already knew. Yeah. Um, and and I what you did was still watch it. 
That's true. Um, I didn't. I think I had heard like little bits of the rules before, and it turns out we had played the, or like done this pr- same process with this same game before that I had forgotten. I was like, I I played a game once about terraforming Mars, and I remember we decided the arbitrary person who would go first was the last person who had terraformed Mars. And which was you. Which turned out was me. Um, because I had had a conversation with somebody who was working on terraforming Mars. Or, you know, he had some open source project about... I don't remember how much he had gotten done already. Yeah. He, he certainly had not terraformed Mars yet. <laughs> as far as we're aware. <laughs> yeah. Um... But I remembered this anecdote, but not that it was this game. Um, so I had must have had some information in there. Uh, but yeah, I, I did stop and I went back and I learned... I like listened from the beginning, even though some, some bits of the rules had already been explained to me. Um, and it was helpful because they, he explained it differently uh, than I had learned it the first time. So it stuck in a different way. Yeah, well, this is just, like, a huge learner skill. Um, And it's, like, a little bit patience, and it's a little bit humility, and it's a little bit just, like, being bored and being okay with it. Uh, Just, like, being willing to read through the section of the book that includes the stuff you know carefully enough to notice when it gets to the stuff you don't know. Yeah, uh, every time you learn anything, and I think I'm thinking mostly about learning programming languages at this point, um, how many, how difficult it is to be an intermediate learner because nobody produces resources for somebody who already knows a little uh, and they, so then we are going to know how much you already know and we're going to cater this knowledge that they're presenting straight to you. Um, It's, in a lot of ways, just not worth doing because you can't assume the knowledge of whoever you're teaching. You can't assume knowledge existing in whoever you're trying to teach. Right. Well, well, that's why there are series, like book mm-hmm. series or class series, right? So that, you know, you can say, if you went through my beginner class, mm-hmm. I know you learned these things. And so you can take my intermediate class. But if you went through somebody else's beginner class and you come to take my intermediate class... Who knows? Yeah. It's it's funny because everybody has their own way. Like, learning is a lot more complicated than you have to do this in this order. Because you don't have to do it in that order. But often there are orders that are common, I guess. Uh, like, like math does, you know, addition and then subtraction and then multiplication and then division. Uh, but you you don't technically have to learn those things in that order. Um, it's it's a it's a pretty good one, <laughs> right? But, yeah, I mean, you could you know, for instance, it could be perfectly natural to go addition multiplication, right? And that's what um, the art of problem solving pre-algebra does. Um, it does addition then multiplication, uh, which is brilliant. Um, that's like the best math book. As, I mean, I haven't tried all the math books. Yeah, there's a lot, but but it is, yeah. <laughs> it's that's it's really good. It's really good. Um, but yeah, you never. It's hard to know what the the first ten percent of a whole skill tree somebody has gone through, um, and it's uh, so so you just sort of 
start from the beginning. And maybe at a certain point you learn, well, maybe I should read the first 10% of this book, even if I already know how to do addition. Um, it can be helpful if you understand how they, they are going to be presenting information and um, maybe they teach you a trick in that first bit that you don't um, that you need later and they expect you they'll use and expect you to you uh, know um, and oh go ahead yeah well and I think that you know having having worked with a lot of young people doing learn having learning experiences um, many of whom were you know uh, at an age range that I consider to be not the most mature age range in the world. Um, uh, that, that like, this is a, re you know, mm, a lot of times people will look at learning experiences, whether it's a teacher or a class or a textbook, and they'll say, this is dumb. I already know all this stuff. Um, and they will do that and they will externalize the, the problem. They will say like, the problem is that the teacher is teaching me things I already know. Hmm. Um, and they will have a, a view of the learning experience that is entirely about them mm -hmm. and their own, the, the experience they are having. Um, and then they will fail to be able to engage with something that consists of a mixture of things they know and things they don't know. Um, yeah. And, you know, like I was talking about teaching and, and young people I've worked with, but also this is why I failed freshman chemistry. Um, is huh. because, uh, you know, I knew everything, and so I didn't really pay that much attention, and I, like, did my problem sets, but I didn't really, like, go to lecture, I didn't do all that much reading, and then suddenly I couldn't do any of the problem sets anymore. Um, <laughs> right. And it was, like, a very hard division of, like, getting everything right and then failing. Yeah, it was funny. I, I listened to... Uh, I, so the way um, calculus worked in high school was that there was and and this changed uh after going through after i went through it and you went through it uh presumably it was the same thing there was um there's pre-calc and then there was uh intro to calc was a different class to take in high school and then there was uh ap calc one two um and it turns out intro to calc was just the very end of a pretty well-established universal class called pre-calculus, uh, but it was just the last third of that, and then the be uh, and then the beginning of Calc one, and then later you could take AP Calc one two, which was the last little bit of Calc one that Intro to Calc never got to, and then all of Calculus two. That was right. That was the sequence, um, and they just like weirdly chomped a bit out of pre-calc and calc one and made it a separate class called intro to calc. And, uh, for what this was, how it was when I was going there later, I know they changed it so that they just made pre-calculus longer and then got rid of, uh, and then just made calc one its own class or something. I, right. I don't know. I, I would imagine that that structure and existed when we were there because there was, an already existing class structure, and then there was an AP, some AP tests, and they had to mm. take their, like, they, you know, we're like, all right, we have these classes, and then we have these AP tests, and we need to have classes for the AP tests. 
Right. And somehow they're supposed to interface with each other, and they don't quite. Um, right. So, like, um, intro to calc with, like, the adapter. Um, <laughs> right. It's the uh, the quarter-inch to eighth-inch headphone jack adapter of math. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so so when I went in, I didn't take AP Calc 1-2. Uh, I just took, in. I took up to intro to calculus. Uh, and so when I went, uh, then I went to college. So remember, intro to calculus is the end of pre-calc and most of calculus 1. Um, so then I took calculus one in college and I had literally done almost all of it. Like I, and, and in that case, I just had forgotten how much I had already done and just paid attention and listened and redid it and, uh, just got, did phenomenally well, uh, better than in any other math class I'd ever taken because I had already taken it before. That's a better strategy than my don't pay attention and fail strategy. Well, I kept, I kept thinking, I was like, oh, this sounds familiar. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So I just forgot how much I had known <laughs> already. So I think that was a lot of why I could manage to pay attention, because I had for- forgotten. And I kept expecting it to be something new and really hard, and it mostly just didn't happen. And at that point, I had all this momentum of of doing well in a class. So I, I did pretty great in that class in college. Um, but, but like it's maybe that's one strategy you could take is just forgetting that you had already learned this before, uh, a type of like willful ignorance of your own, of like a topic. You're like, no, I will just pretend like this is the first time I'm learning about variables. Then you're pleasantly surprised at how smart you are. Yeah. Um, I, I recommend, uh, just, I, I recommend it as a, as a technique. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, like, patience, it, it's one of those, like, take the time to go fast, you know, haste makes waste kind of situations where you want to, you're like, I know a bunch of these things, so I'm going to skim, but then in skimming you miss something, and then mm-hmm. it's more effort. Yeah. Now, what I'm thinking about, and this is my way to bring it back to video games, is uh, just how um, how many video games have uh, teaching you how to use an analog stick to walk around. Um, and, and like, there's, like, opening tutorial sequences that just show you how to push the buttons that I always felt were kind of stupid and pointless. But for the most part, you can't get around them. Like, you, they're just, like, built into the game a lot of the time. Uh, like, I'm just thinking about, um, uh, Halo, I remember, has, like, a, its opening sequence is, uh, you wake up in a pod, and you, like, literally can't walk around yet. Like, it, they've removed most of your buttons, and then you have to look around, and then sometimes games do this, uh, and they kind of help you figure out whether or not you need to invert your, your camera. <laughs> um, and sometimes they do it automatically, uh, or, or do something like detect that what you're tr- trying to do. So they'll be like, look up. And if you point at the, the ground, they'll be like, oh, do you want to invert your, your, oh, w- that's, that's stick? pretty clever. Yeah. yeah. So it's like half tutorial, half calibration. Um, and then, and then, then they're like, now use your left analog stick to walk around. Um, which, uh, cause like you get out of your pod and then, um, 
uh, there's like a lot of games that have like sort of snuck these little like kind of tutorial kind of just getting used to the controls things like um in skyrim you start in a cart and you can only right. look around with your right analog stick um same as in uh i think one of the call of duty games has like you're riding in the back of a car i don't remember anyway yeah I, I feel like i've heard of these these unskippable tutorials that people find frustrating or boring um a lot mm-hmm. but i have like experienced very few of them um and maybe that's just because i mostly don't play contemporary like triple a mainstream games mm-hmm. and at the game when i did play those games like the mainstream games uh they didn't have tutorials because it was like you know whatever well you were gonna, you should have read you, the manual right because you read the manual on the way home from the video rental store right because you left your house in order to get a video game yeah <laughs> um yeah it's funny and a lot of times uh, they include lore or uh you know the plot or something like that in the tutorial in some way um i'm thinking about uh it's funny in um uh, portal you it has a little sequence like this you're just trapped in that one little room and then uh i I remember in the i think it's in portal 2 you get asked to say apple say apple and it says press a on the screen and you jump when you do it he's like ah you jumped uh but that's good okay (laughs) like like it's cleverly snuck into a, a joke where where like it teaches you what the button does by getting you to do asking you to do something else and you have to press that so there's there's lots of ways of of disguising this tutorial to make it more palatable to people who already know that you know the a button is likely to jump or or that you look around with one analog stick and move with the other um so so it's possible you have done more of them than you think oh assuredly yeah yeah yeah. um and i right and i don't know there's like the the rts tutorial um Mm. i feel like i'm familiar with that where it's like click and drag a box around your infantry and you know like right click to move whatever um right yeah but my gut instinct about these tutorials is that they probably are targeting un like a barely existent middle ground of people who like kind of know video games, but not really. Mm. Um, and that they probably don't have enough information to be super accessible to someone who's never picked up a controller. Um, and probably too much information for most people who have. Um, but yeah, it, it's funny. Um, I'm thinking specifically about the two analog stick move and look, which is so ubiquitous in games these days and how that is, really not understandable or like it doesn't feel the way it does without like a for for like most the the target audience of that control scheme uh for new players like new players don't move naturally in that with control scheme it's really hard like like not only is it like a little bit confusing or counterintuitive at first but it's actually just a big skill um Mm. to keep your camera pointed in the direction that you care about while also keeping your player pointed in the direction that you care about. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just a, you know, that's just a dexterity gameplay challenge that is in the basic UI. Yeah, I uh, I remember 
I only got good at it playing the first Halo multi like two player co-op so that I could kind of just basically not kill anything <laughs> and my friend could shoot all the things and I could practice moving through the space. I was very very bad at it and then after playing a lot of it I started getting better. Um there was like a couple weekends where there was just an Xbox and maybe mm -hmm. four, three or four people like just playing Halo and sometimes two-player co-op, sometimes trying to shoot each other and I died a lot. I don't know. And like, it was like, I definitely trained at using that control scheme with a controller. Um, yeah, I, th I think the, like the first game that did dual analog stick movement camera controls that I've really played with Breath of the Wild. Um, hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. It's, like, still... I'm not very good at it. Um, Breath of the Wild is a game that has a high skill ceiling, but you can muddle through it without being that good. Hmm. Um, like, like the combat... There's, they're, like... You can get really good at the combat and, you know, parry, get, like, great timing and parry things and get your special combo attacks and, you know, do all sorts... But you can also... Like, hang out at the side and figure out a way to throw bombs at the enemy from a position where you can't get seen. Um, hmm. It's got, like, a almost stealth possibility. Or... Yeah, yeah. And you just, you just don't have to be a master at all of the systems to go through the game. Hmm. But you can become a master at the systems if you think that's fun. Um, hmm. Yeah, I guess you can... Like that that's like a, a fun like a an awesome um like building your own difficulty level into your game. You're like, oh, I could beat this super fast or get uh by by learning this like high floor skill. Um but it turns out that you can use lots of other ones to um to to do it. I guess Yeah. And it's very Nintendo-y, I think. Mm. Um, like a very Nintendo-y approach to difficulty is to make it so that someone who isn't... Someone who doesn't really know what they're doing can probably make it through the game just right. by, like, moving to the right. Um, but they're not going to get all the secrets or they're not going to, like, finish things at a, you know, a great time or, or whatever. Yeah, There's a lot of fun to be had from trying to get all the coins or get the secrets or... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I always love... Uh, using secrets or like hard paths to make it more uh, j just make it harder and make it more um, interesting to people who are good at it. Um, Abe's Odyssey has a bunch of secret paths um, and like I think at some point in the middle of that game it starts training you to look out for secret paths. Or, or like secret um like places you can go down or up that are not very obvious and you start thinking oh there's these barrels in the foreground what if i press down you know they're blocking my feet so i can't tell if i can go down there and it turns out in the like the first or second screen of the whole game there's there's a way you can climb down to go to a secret and the level down there is really hard there's like Slags shooting you in ways that you can't imagine <laughs> how to get around them and it's like a really awesome puzzle um but like you you would never think to look there the first time you play through 
So there's like a harder path for um, second playthroughs and uh, you know, once you've you've developed a lot of the skills throughout the rest of that game, or like, uh, and some of that skill is like puzzle solving skill um, in that game in particular. But it's always nice when when somebody like gives you that other option, and then you you leave it and you're right back in the first tutorial level of the game. Hold on, there's a cat um, <laughs> that I don't want to step on my keyboard and do something to the recording anyway uh the um yeah i like i like that as a as a self-correcting difficulty mechanism is adding uh alternate paths that are more challenging yeah the uh, the, the flip side of that is it, it i mean it adds like a replay value as well right where you go back and you play it again to to find all the the secrets um i'm curious how you when you feel like you're done with a game like that um Mm. like you personally um as well as like one in general um like because i feel like i've played through a lot of games recently where i get through that to the end and there's then i can go do the special extra challenge thing that you do if you're really into it um and i do that for a little while and then i'm like you know maybe i don't feel like going like maybe maybe just the basic game was was enough for me um but I don't quite know. It, it feels really arbitrary because if, like, I don't know, for instance, uh, Celeste. I, I played through all of the main game of Celeste. Um, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, like, super well-paced, uh, difficulty-wise. Like, great addition of new mechanics. Um, you know, wonderful story, great music, just a, a delightful game. Um, I played through it all. I finished it. And then there are the, the B-sides um, to every level. Uh, and there's like extra special hard challenges and I started playing them and then I, I just didn't have the momentum to keep, to keep playing. Mm. And it struck me as in some ways, like kind of odd and arbitrary because I had been having so much fun with the game and then the game declared itself over. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, I'm done. Um, but if the game had just kept adding additional, like if all these B sides had been part of the main progression, I probably would have kept playing them, um, huh. but but something about it, I was like, the game's done. I'm done. There's a bunch more I can do, but it's extra, um, and so I'm not going to do it. But but where that line is is very funny. Uh, one of the, one thing that's kind of funny is uh, that line got for me has certainly gotten earlier in the process as I've gotten older. Uh, so like Abe Abe's Odyssey and Abe's Exodus are games that I played in my youth like middle and high school and and so i uh didn't uh run out of wanting to play it as quickly because i had fewer other games to play right Um, or responsibilities or yeah or responsibility (laughs) yeah uh yeah i didn't have to go to work (laughs) um in a lot of that time uh so uh now and like the it, games were harder to find right now i could right now instantly be playing like a brand new game that i have never played before and didn't know existed uh if i like just go on steam and click a few buttons and, i mean right now i mean it's gonna take like hours to download or something um or like on my playstation i the same thing so like 
I don't know uh, where that is right now. I know that with Celeste, I was done not that I, like I didn't play through that much of Celeste. I found the um, the controls very uh, frustrating in a lot of ways. I think that the angle that you lock to or don't lock to or something like something about the way I was playing on my PlayStation uh, was frustrating. Um, for some of the really hot, very precise things. Like I wanted it to be, you know, wanted to be jumping at the 45 degree angle and it decided I went jumping to the right, like far yeah. more often than I ever wanted it to. And I couldn't figure out how to like, like I couldn't train my hand to make that it be what I wanted. Um, I was like, no, I pressed in that way and you, you chose something else for me and I don't like it. Um, and I found that, that, aspect of that game incredibly frustrating um also once i see that there's a an, an extra hard challenge to do i just want to do it uh right then so i will always pick the most difficult path whenever right. that's op an option um and so in that case actually i found it very frustrating so maybe i take back what i said before because like i will just pick the hardest thing i can do or i will right. like try to get all the things um yeah, I mean, I definitely, so, I definitely bounced off of, uh, I think, may have mentioned this before, uh, Snake Pass in, for, for mm -hmm. that reason. Um, like, Snake Pass is this kind of really interesting, neat 3D platformer with, where you're a snake, and it has a very snaky movement mechanic, um, and you have to, like, pay attention to the mass of this snake and what it's, like, you know, sliding around and, you know, slither up things, and... There was just on, like, you know, the third level or something, there was some extra hard challenge thing to get right at the beginning of the level. Mm. And I just I just couldn't bring myself to not keep trying to get it. But I didn't know how. Um, and so yeah. th what I needed to do was ignore it and move on through the game and then go back later once I the game had successfully taught me all the hard, you know, movement tricks. But mm. instead I spent, like an hour repeatedly trying to do this challenge dying getting frustrated and then never open the game again <laughs> yeah i i don't know how to make maybe maybe there's a way to make it less appealing to try to do the hard thing like well you make abe, it hidden right in in abe's in abe you don't you just don't, literally don't know it's there right um it's it's like tucked in a place that you cannot tell that that's a way you can go. It, it anti-draws attention to itself. So maybe there's some, some like, combination of exploration and, uh, the like, optional difficulty. Like, I'm going to explore this region very carefully and I will find something that's very hard to do. Um, and then and then you can decide which thing you you want to be, to be doing. Or, like... Uh, you know, it's very hard to get the to the top of this thing. I don't know. I'm just right. trying to. Yeah, I mean, or if something seems literally impossible, right? Like, like if there's if there's like a big shiny thing at the beginning of the first level that you can kind of see. Okay, I have to make this double jump and bounce off of this enemy and like go under that thing and time it just right with this platform. If you can, if you can see the path, like what you're supposed to do, mm. um then you're going to be much more likely to just keep banging your head against it. Or if you can, if you can like imagine a possibility, whereas if it's just, 
you know, a thing that's floating in space and there's a move you haven't learned to do yet so you don't know you can fly. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, and, like, I'm thinking of Metroidvanias in that in that front where you're like, oh, I can't quite get there. But if you feel like you could get there, then, then it doesn't... It, like, seems... Uh, it's bad. Like, you, you get tricked into trying it even though you know it's you mostly just can't um I, i'm okay i was thinking of like double jump or something like you don't have double jump yet so there's clearly no way for you to make it to that platform um it's a lot clearer i think in that context yeah but if you accidentally design the level so that it looks like you could maybe make it like if it's just barely out of reach you're you might like spend you know or if there's like an enemy there that you might be able to bounce off of um, you know, like doing a special move, like you might spend an hour trying mm. to do that before ever th- considering that. Oh, maybe I just need to go get double jump. Um, right. Um, and I guess I guess there's in the idea that like you can become more powerful uh, over time might make that be more uh, more palatable of an explanation or uh, of a of a path forward. Because if you take like, like in Metroidvania, you know you get more skills. I'm going to get the spider ball or the double yeah. jump or whatever else you need. Air dash and yeah, bombs. And and that one that lets you float down slowly um, or something. Uh, yeah, so if you if you have something, you know that there are things that you'll be able to, to do later. Yeah. Um, then you're like, oh, well, maybe I'll come back to this and I'll try to remember where where it was. Um, uh, but in Celeste, the, you, it's not real. It's not a Metroidvania, and you gain powers, but they're like situational. Like, like it's not like it. I don't know if it adds more things, more buttons, more things that your buttons do. Um. Yeah. It, like maybe. Yeah. I. I think. They definitely it adds things that ha- that you can do based on uh, what's in the world, but but it's completely linear, right? So you could never get more powers and then go back to the first level, um, right? Right. So like that, and that's true of Abe too. Um, yeah. Although I think in the second one you can start driving your farts around. Um, that's and they explode at some point. That's like a thing you can do. I. It was it was a, a bold choice. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the, the other uh, thing that leaves to mind with being confusing about like whether you can do it is is like puzzle platformer stuff. Um, I'm mm. thinking of both like Portal and Braid. I, I can't think of specific examples, but I do remember at various points in those games not being sure whether I was failing to make the jump or performing the solving the puzzle wrong. Um, Right. Yeah, there's um there's at least one puzzle piece and you can beat the level but it feels very unsatisfying in in braid. There's one puzzle piece that uh what you have to do is stand there for like 45 minutes. That's like built into the puzzle and you wait for a cloud to go traveling all the way across the stage. I I don't remember exactly what it is, but like yeah, it's there's, not a puzzle piece. It's it's the uh, oh, I don't remember. Yeah, there's uh, like the secrets I in braid, but but there's one that definitely is a puzzle. Oh, a puzzle piece. Okay, that like like you just 
and like I'm like I cannot figure out how to get this one. It's like, oh, don't you know you're supposed to stand there for many minutes and then rewind time all the way or some I forget. Exactly oh yeah, that's right. Do. Yeah, yeah. You have to like get to a point at, by a certain time and then rewind time um, for a long time. You have to sit, yeah. Right there is that one too, but yeah, it uh, it does um cause some frustration if you feel like you can't you should be able to do something and you you just actually can't or like it, it requires a skill to be able to accomplish and uh maybe and you can't tell whether it's a skill you just don't have or you like can i don't know i don't know i'm going back and forth on this whole concept of scaling difficulty by choosing paths or yeah i think it's like somewhat subtle what works um yeah there's a, a lot of nuance in in that and i think a lot of it is level design it's very specifically like what what feels good and what doesn't feel good hmm. yeah i mean right and a lot of it is also just kind of arbitrary i mean not arbitrary arbitrary but it's like you know i don't know I had the same experience with Celeste that you did um, at the beginning, which is that I found it difficult to consistently go at a 45, 90, or 0 degree angle when I wanted to do that. Um, right. And for whatever reason, you know, I was like, I don't know, I'm bad at this, I'm going to get better. Um, and I eventually did. Uh, I played the game enough that it became... I did train my hands to do it, but it was super frustrating. And but for whatever reason, I like I spent a lot of time griping about the controls and thinking they were they were stupid and and, and messy. And then I kept playing the game, and then I played through it and loved it. Um, hmm. Which isn't like I still think the controls probably could have been improved. Um, mm -hmm. Like there's nothing like I don't think I should have had to have gone through that process, but I did, and it was worth doing. There are lots of games that I don't go through that process on you know mm -hmm. even though it might be worth doing um it's, it's hard yeah. to tell i wanted there to be a setting where i got to like pick the the tolerances for the different angles or something like that where it could be like oh make 45 degrees wider like i almost yeah. you you basically almost never want to jump anything other than 45 degrees that's not really true, but, like, it's really obvious when you need to go straight. And in your, like, panic timing jump, really complex sequences of of jumps, um, it you end up wanting to... Uh, most of the time you want to do a 45-degree uh, jump. I wonder if you could make a system, like, if you, if you were making this game, whether you could make a system that just asked people to do it and then trained... You know, mm -hmm. set the tolerances based on what they their performance of the action like a bunch of times. Um, mm -hmm. Like not 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 necessarily require that, right? Have a default setting, but but say like have a have a recalibrate right. joystick right. setting. Um, and it, and it could do it like really, uh, really involving people's reaction time because every time I could like take the time and really think about how I would do it. It would be, <laughs> it would be relatively easy for it to, um, to to hit that forty five degree, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs>
Maggie is has strong opinions about this yes, aspect she of the conversation. She's pretty happy about it, which is good. She really um, is enjoying staring at the microphone. Oh, oh nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, mostly I just wanted some control over what that was or like how those controls worked in that particular way. Um, we wanted to talk about a small number of other things. Yeah, well, we just talked uh, for a little while about the game that, like, I was super into it and bounced, and you bounced off of. Um, and uh-huh. we also wanted to talk about a game that I bounced off of pretty hard that you've That's been playing true. recently. That's true. Um, what, what did you bounce off of? <laughs> uh, I, d- despite everyone in the world seeming to love this game to pieces and spend their entire lives on it for a period of time, um, I spent about 10 minutes playing Stardew Valley and became something between bored, frustrated, and confused by a combination of the controls and the lack of direction um, and never opened the game again. Huh. Yeah, uh, which is funny, and I'm trying to open it right now to see how long I played. Uh, I played for many tens of hours. Um let me just... Oh, it wants me to pick up where I left off. Uh, maybe I can find... Oh, it's raining. Um, I don't know how many hours I played. Many tens of hours. Like, like possibly a hundred um, hours. A very long time of playing this game. For me, I got to... Uh, I'm, I only have made one farm, but I got to... Oh man, why won't you tell me what year it is even? Um it's like year 3 or 4 and I don't remember. It's like summer. Yeah. I think I did actually play for about an hour. Um I think when I say 10 minutes I'm exaggerating, but Yeah. Um so you so what were the things that that you didn't that I mean, so I don't remember very much cuz it was years ago. Um oh, okay. what I seem to recall was Finding the interface where I had to click on things with my mouse to be a little bit clunky mm. when I was also using my keyboard and felt like I should be able to do more things just with key button presses. But mm. that was, it was a long time ago. Um, huh. And th- my whole issue may consequently be solved if I like just get it on the Switch and play it on something that doesn't have the same interface uh, input or just yeah. play it with an Xbox controller on my PC. Um Right. Yeah, I uh, played on my phone, so it was all touch controls, um, and it's pretty good. There's a small number of things that it's very bad at telling you how to do them. Uh, that was my one of, not frustrations, but I like literally didn't know how to do, or that you could do certain things. And then, you know, uh, a number of my co-workers were have also played this game and so we would talk about it and then a bunch of people got back into it right when I was playing it again um uh and and one of them actually also bounced off she was like I just can't get into it like I and she played it a bunch of times uh and then was just like I'm not I've I've gone back I've played more um I just don't really see what the appeal is uh <laughs> and um uh and then stopped playing I was like, well, that's, that's a good choice. Don't play it if that's your experience. Yeah, and, and I, I like definitely 
so I started playing Stardew Valley because it was, you know, beloved. Um, I had heard a lot about it, read a lot about it. Um, I started playing it because it was, like, really cute um, and, mm. and kind of charming and whimsical. Um, it has, like, a nice... I don't know. It has, like, a nice kind of back to the back to the country small town thing going on it has a little bit of a i don't know there's like a development happening in your small town um capitalist Mm -hmm. adversary like in the background kind of thing um all of which was like charming to me um and i like the idea but i don't in general enjoy like sandboxy resource collection-y kinds of games so it's like and so i was hoping to like the game in spite of its genre um, mm. And then when I found the UI to be a little bit, something about it I didn't like, I was kind of like, well, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to be, like, watering plants and cutting down trees or something. Um, right. Probably. So, <laughs> so what I, yes, that's what you were doing, going to do. Um, so I started playing it because I was looking to play something on my phone that I could pick up and drop off on the because tr- i uh you know at, with like a few minutes of play here and a few minutes there um cuz i was primarily planning on playing this on the train on the way in and out of work so on the on the t and so i was um uh that's that's what i wanted uh and i wanted to be building something uh so i wanted every time i played to prog- progress uh something it doesn't matter what it could be a city or a town or a farm in this case or or a character or you know i wanted to level up something and slowly improve it over time and every time i came back to it i would be improving something slightly um and the next time i came back i would still have that progress uh and that was most of that was like all of my requirement for this game i didn't want to need to remember a story particularly or need to remember what I was doing because I knew I was going to like drop it at some point and uh and like come back to it later and maybe remember what I was doing and maybe not and that would be fine um and Stardew Valley like very perfectly fell into this slot of of what I was looking for um and so I was I was very glad to have found something that did all of those things um, I can, I mean, it has a story kind of, uh, you, but like, you can't have a conversation with any person longer than like two text boxes. <laughs> and so, uh, and like what actually happens doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, it's kind of nice. You get to like know people a little bit and like, you get to be interested, know, know what their interests are. And it's, it's kind of fun. It's also weirdly a dating simulator, um, that if you go that way um and so uh it did all those things and so i could like work on my farm and i could go mining and i could go um fishing and uh, like i think the fishing minigame is pretty good in it uh and so so it was it just it just did all the things that i that i was looking for i mostly played it on the train um occasionally i would sit on the couch and just play stardew valley for like a couple hours, <laughs> but that, that didn't happen that often. Most of, mostly I played it on the train. Um, and so that was, that was very good. Um, and that, that's, that was it. That, like, that's what got me, got me into it. So are you still playing it? 
I haven't played it in a little while. I think I eventually decided I had done enough. Uh, um, I think I think really what happened was I stopped needing. I stopped worrying about money. Um, most of that game involves. Uh, oh, I, most of that game involves worrying about money in some way. Uh, you're you need more to get that upgrade to. Um, and I had like upgraded all of my things. I still have don't have all the iridium tools. Uh, but it but like what I have to do is go mining for iridium in a way that is like not not that fun. I don't know. Right. It was really fun when I was making... I like the first mine. So there's two mines in the game. And the first mine, every five levels, it you kind of save your progress. You can always return... <laughs> you can always return to uh, a level that you... Every fifth level, basically. An elevator gets a stop. Every okay. fifth level. Sure. And if you get there, then suddenly you freed up the elevator to go down there again. Sure. Which is nice. Yeah. Um, and how uh, video games work. Right. And then the second one is like, every time you go in it, you start from the beginning and nothing is interesting until you get pretty deep and you have to basically spend the whole day in order to keep going. And I don't like it as much. It's like not, I don't feel like I'm making progress in it. Um, and so if I'm not making progress in it, it just feels like not that good. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and you hope, hopefully find like shortcuts down, but you don't always do that. And I don't, I don't know. Um, and, and then, then it started feeling like I had a job within a hole in the ground. <laughs> right. Well, and that's funny. I feel like what, you know, yeah, there's, there's something about this feeling of making progress that is important to wanting to play a game. Um, and, and, and it's important, like, it's both a feeling of making progress and a feeling of that progress mattering, or, like, you caring about that progress. Um, they're, like, related ideas. Mm. Um, I was trying to think about, like, when I stopped playing games. Um, and I, I feel like there are basically two times, there's three different ways I stop playing games. Um, one way I stop playing games because I finish it. Um, that is sure. a very rare occurrence yeah. <laughs> increasingly rare but um uh -huh. but then the other two times i stopped playing games are like an hour in when i just haven't felt satisfied enough by the hour i've spent hmm. to want to do it like i'll play one session and then the next time i have time to play video games i don't think to myself i want to do that thing i did last time you know you're like i i i end up looking for a different game to play but then the other mm. time is when, if you get into a game, but then, like, you take a break. You know, if you've been playing every day, and then you take a break for a couple days. Or you've been playing a couple times a week, and you take a break for a whole week. Because you go on vacation, or you get busy, mm. or whatever. And then you just... The idea of picking up this game in the middle, mm -hmm. that you're, like, a couple days away from... Like, it just feels... You're like, I don't know. I guess I could. Um, and it's just weirdly hard to get back into. Um, yeah, like, I feel like that's... That's what ha what's happened for every, like, of the big addicting type games I've ever played. Like, uh, or, like, if I've... Something that has, like, will, like, take over my life for a couple weeks. And then I go on vacation or, uh, you know, something happens and I go... And, like, I'm unable to play for a while. And then I 
I guess my head clears. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and, and like the sense of progress that you had in playing that game, like partially you stop having that sense of progress because you aren't playing. But then also you like go back to it and you're like, I just don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I um, yeah, and I think it's it's funny. I'm not. I'm trying to decide what my stopping to play Stardew Valley was. Um, it definitely wasn't an hour in. <laughs> I definitely didn't beat it. Although in some ways it feels like it did. Like I have a successful farm. So I am I have beaten the game. <laughs> like I I'm not worried about money. Um and every now it's it's like an annual cycle. So the next year I'm like, yeah, I I just planted all these plants before. There's nothing new. I've sort of explored it fairly thoroughly. Uh, <laughs> There's a um, very, very talkative baby at the moment, but that's true. Like, like in some ways it did feel like I beat it. Um, right. I got it as far as I is, could. Is, is there a beating of it? Like, is there an official completion of Stardew Valley? Uh, c- c- can you cause credits to roll? Um, I, I don't know. I've, uh, I haven't, I have not seen credits roll. Um, so I'm not sure what the, uh, whether you can. I did, um, I guess, I guess I, th- I think in the game you can have children and I haven't done that yet. I don't know how that happens in the game with pixels. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you know, approximately familiar with the process of it happening in real life. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what else, what else there is that you can do in in the game yeah i guess i felt like i was no longer making progress in it um which is a way that i guess beating the game makes something feel like you are no longer making progress because there's literally no more progress to have to to make right well and then yeah and then like kind of jumping back to the celeste example like i could you know i could go through the checkboxes of going through all the levels and playing all the b-sides and that is progress i can see little things on a map like it done Mm. but but there's like a different momentum to it um right it's like extra progress it is there something that like it gives you to look forward to if you have done those things yeah that's a good question Um, because like you're trying to climb a mountain right in that game yeah so it has all these like cute little you know story vignettes like story beats cutscenes, things like that which you know are like your reward for succeeding. Um, Mm -hmm. And most of the game, you know, is not these story beats and they're not super important because like, you know, the game itself is most of what you're doing, but, but still having them, having those cutscenes is, you know, like knowing, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to complete this level and then some plot thing is going to happen. And the plot thing is going to be like, you know, I call my mom on the phone and talk (laughs) about being scared. Um, (laughs) But like, Plot is a is a nice reward for yeah. completing a, a section of a game. I I like that, <laughs> and and that's a way that a lot of games like peter like peter out. That's that's one of the differences between the extra stuff and the hmm. and the base stuff in a lot of games is that there's all the extra collectibles and you can find them all, but you're not gonna get the the like written content um, associated with collecting right. all the Deku seeds or <laughs> right. Uh, Super Meat Boy is funny because it also has B-sides. They call them Dark World levels. 
They're just, uh, it's, it's mostly the same general layout as the regular version of any given level. It'll just have like a thousand more saw blades. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, but like the story is non-existent in that game. There's a, you know, the princess that you're collecting or bandage girl in this case that you, you have to like get to. And then she gets kidnapped again, and then you get her again. And there's, like, a couple little fun cutscenes between worlds where, you know, the the antagonist is a baby in a jar, I think, wearing a top hat and monocle. That all sounds believable. Yeah, yeah I've I, never actually played that game. Uh, oh. I mean, I... I really like that game. I've beaten it, and I have not beaten all of the Dark World games. Uh, but I, I've actually beaten it more than once. Um, cause I sat down and beat the whole thing in four hours once, uh, which is not anywhere close to how fast speedrunners do it, but it's as somebody a lot, who, a yeah, lot faster than the first time you beat it, presumably. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I did it in one sitting cause I had just gotten good enough at playing that game that I could do that. Um, and it was in one of the times when I had quit magic, the gathering, so, and a bunch of people were playing Magic in the room with me, and I was like, yeah, I don't really want to play this, so I will play this other game. Um, and it was on their account, because they wanted somebody else to, they wanted to skip some levels, or I don't remember why I was doing that, but I, I beat it. Anyway, um, but that game also didn't quite, it got me through playing the whole game, because it was like, oh yeah, I won, yes. And that was the thing I had to look forward to. And this other thing is like, I guess I could unlock more characters or do find other... I don't know, there's just more. Right. Well, and, and part, part of me wants to say that there's some important nuanced difference here where the main game has this carefully constructed difficulty curve where you're getting like new challenges at a certain rate and you're learning kind of basic skills at a certain rate so it feels like you're making this great progress and then when you hit the challenge levels it doesn't feel like you're learning basic skills in the same way it feels like you're you know getting from like 90% good to like 99% good um but then part of me also wants to doubt that and be like actually the main difference is that they said the game was done and so you feel done yeah (laughs) well it's funny because portal has uh you know the first half of it is tutorial or like 80% 80% of it, I don't, it's some very right. large amount of it, is the tutorial. Um, and you're learning skills and then you're using those skills in the in the the end of it. Um, but then that's like, you, there's like a plot dr- uh, thing driving you, you know, there's a plot driving you at that point. Um, that's a lot more uh, like, I don't know, it, it feels per- personal. <laughs> like, I gotta get, right. see this through and get revenge a- or Whatever it also know. has a kind of like, you know, class final exam structure where mm. you learn a bunch of things and then you perform them and then you're done. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it does seem like you just get um but it 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 similarly has the like and now we're you're done learning skills, but you're not really because there's still puzzles the whole time. Um so it's not it's not quite like now use all those skills, but you 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 do use those skills. You just still have new things to learn, even in the the end. Um, it adds it adds the whole like now you have to like try to identify where in the world 
things are that you can shoot your portal on. There's like a more exploration aspect to the end of that game than in the beginning. Because um, in the beginning, it's like nicely painted white right. walls. Yeah, I mean, it kind of asks you to figure out which skills to use at any given moment instead of... Hmm. Right, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it's not that different from, you know, it's not that different from, like, your math class where you have the section on, you know, integral by parts and then you're probably going to be doing that um, in those mm -hmm. qu questions and then later on, you know, you're going to get an exam and it's just going to give you some, some questions and you're going to have to remember which... <laughs> You have to look right. through your, your brain and be like, well, which right. technique is the right technique to use? Um, or that, uh, the physics thing, that it turns out you were supposed to use energy. Right, uh, yeah. Um, and you didn't, you did a lot of math, and the one person in the class who remembered to use energy gets it in, like, eight seconds. Or the person who realizes you can convert from Cartesian to polar coordinates, that's another good mm, one. Right. Um, Ugh. Yeah, the a trick that you have to remember. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens in... Yeah, that's sort of like Portal. <laughs> yep. Um, well, we've been going on for a while now. Um, I think it might be about time to wrap it up. We didn't yeah. get to all the things that we had talked about talking about, but we got to some of them. Yeah, that's, that's how it goes so that's fine that's the and, plan and it's good because it gives us a little longer to actually play well me longer to play death stranding before yeah. we talk about it um i meant to talk uh do a little bit more of that before we talked about it anyway and it gives the world a little bit more time to descend into a you know post-apocalyptic wasteland of isolated people who need uh you know, a small number of heroes to communicate between them. That's true. Uh, which is, yeah, a little too true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, well, you have that to look forward to next time, provided it doesn't require special couriers to run this podcast out to you. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime... Like, like it would in a Star Wars movie. Um, right. Because they can't transfer data through the yeah. internet in Star Wars. Um, cool. Anyway, until uh, next time, this is I've been Bryce, uh, and I'm Will. And you've probably heard Maggie a little bit uh, uh, screaming in the background. Not screaming, uh, just being silly. Yeah, she seems pretty happy with stuff. Uh, and this has been side quests. All right, bye. See you next time. Bye.